like my entire adoptive family all died in a plane crash. Like I just lost everybody instantly. Even though it was difficult, my relationship with them before, I didn't want them all to go away. Like it was it was just really, really sad because my mother was kind of in charge and no one was allowed to communicate with me. I was basically shunned. Who am I? 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 This is Who Am I Really? A podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. I'm Damon Davis, and you're about to hear from Tracy, who called me from Ottawa, Canada. Tracy's adoptive mother was the disciplinarian in their home. When Tracy found her birth family, she was shocked to see how much she resembled her sister, among other huge family surprises. After reunion, her adoptive mother was not able to accept Tracy's betrayal when she found her birth parents. But Tracy says she has no regrets about any part of her search and reunion. This is Tracy's journey. Tracy was born in New Brunswick, which is in eastern Canada. Their family ultimately moved to Ottawa. Growing up, the only other adopted person Tracy knew was her adopted brother. She said even though she's older, her brother was already taller than her when he was three years old. He ended up being six foot six inches tall, and Tracy is only five two. So there were no physical similarities between Tracy and her brother at all. Tracy said her adoption was great. There was no shame in adoption in their home, and the pair always knew they were adoptees. She grew up happy and confident in herself. Unfortunately, Tracy's parents divorced, so her single mom was forced to find a new living arrangement. And then that just kind of got weird a bit. We we ended up moving in with another family. So it was like two single moms, and then suddenly I had two more brothers. And so it was kind of like we were a, a bit of a star family because there was a show on TV at the time called Kate and Ali, and they were two single moms and that's what our family was like. So it was like, Oh, it was cool. And so adoption wasn't even, you know, it was, we were all just a bunch of people, (laughs) (laughs) but anyways, they were fine. Did you see your adoptive father at all after the divorce? Yeah, I did, but not very much, not Mm -hmm. too often. No, he, he, he was kind of an unfaithful guy. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) he had another family and, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So he moved on. Mm -hmm. How was the dynamic in the house with the, with the two moms and all of these kids, the sort of odd, the Kate and Allie situation? Well, it was fine. The dynamic was It was interesting. They made a deal that my mother would be the disciplinarian. (laughs) Oh, really? Which didn't really, yeah, which didn't go well for her, the other ladies' two boys. So it was, I don't know why they came up with that idea. But anyways, my mom was the strict one. My adopted mom was the strict one. But it was fun because two of Two of, like my brother and the one of the other boys, they played basketball and they were like basketball stars in the house. So that the whole kind of world revolved around that and it was fun. And 
And I just, the way I coped with it all was I had lots of jobs. I was always busy working. <laughs> oh, really? So, so it sounds like yeah. things were decent in your family and in your home. How May I just ask, how did you get along with your adopted brother? Well, you know, I got along well with him until we moved in with the other family. Mm. And that's where kind of the shit hit the fan because the one boy was older than me and my mother tried to be his disciplinarian. So there was a lot of tension in the house and it was kind of like the boys against the girl. And that wasn't cool. So he kind of like, it was just them against me and we, we just weren't that close anymore. So it was, it was kind of shitty actually. In high school, Tracy's friends who knew she was adopted asked her if she wanted to know who her birth parents were. Tracy said she was always against the notion of searching because she didn't feel like she needed to know anything more about herself. She was good. But as Tracy got older, she got married, and it was the first time that the idea of search really hit her. It was a year after Tracy got married, but before she had her son, that she got the spark to search. Tracy had learned that one of her high school friend's mothers was a birth mother who had given up a child for adoption, and their family had experienced adoption reunion. Tracy invited her high school friend over for dinner to talk more about her mom's reunion, to learn what she could about how they even found one another. It was around 2001 when, following her friend's advice, Tracy contacted social services in the Canadian province of New Brunswick, where she was born. On their website, the adoption page had a form to be completed and submitted. Tracy wasn't ready to search, so she only checked the box to receive non-identifying information. The province's government was on strike, so 15 months later, Tracy received a two-page letter summarizing her birth parents at the time she was relinquished for adoption. The letter had taken so long to arrive, she kind of forgot she had filled out the application. Tracy's birth mother was 19 years old and the oldest of 10 kids. Her birth father was one of eight children and had been a basketball player. Both were French-Canadian Roman Catholics. Then when it came, it was like such a surprise and it was, it was really interesting. And, but at the same time, like, you know, my life was going on, I was pretty busy and I just didn't think anything of it until I had my own son and he was, had just turned two. And then I attached to that two page letter was a form on the back saying, if you'd like us to do an investigation to try to find one of your birth relatives, you know, submit this form. And then you had to check off which birth relative you wanted them to do the search for. And so it was, it was there in my, in my house, like in my filing cabinet. And I just let it sit there for a while. Like, like I said, probably about two years. Had you noticed it the first time around? You know, this is the kind of thing where when you dive into the details of, you know, the family information, all the other sort of printed forms can sort of fall to the background. You're just so focused on learning about the people. Had you even noticed that this was an actual search form that you could fill out and initiate? Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I think, I think I saw it and I thought, Oh my gosh, they would do this for me. Like I just, I was so shocked that that was part of the service (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I know that not every province had, their records open 
I was just lucky that I lived in, that I was born in New Brunswick because they were an open province mm-hmm. that way. So, and I knew it was there, but I was also extremely apprehensive because my adoptive mother knew nothing about this. And I knew that if I had done something, she would not take it well. Like she, she just wouldn't. And mm-hmm. so it was really it was a tough call for me, and yeah, so... So you hid, yeah. you didn't really tell her that you were going to do this? No, yeah. no, and I didn't tell her that I received the letter, like nothing, nothing, none of that was, I was too, I was really afraid of her, to yeah. be honest. Oh, really? Interesting. So, yes, what, yeah. I what was. was the spark <laughs> that sort of catalyzed this desire to search for you? Because you you just kind of jumped in and said, so I started to search. But what, what, what were you feeling that made you want to even search in the first place? So I know I've told a lot of people for medical reasons, but there I think there's way more to it than that. I think it was, I just really wanted to know my roots. Like everybody else had, has a family history, but I didn't. And, and I just felt like, you know, I, I'd like to know more, you know, yeah. <laughs> I want to know more about myself. Like, who am I really? <laughs> and, and I think that that, you know, after finding them and I can't wait to tell you that part of the story, I just feel like so many more things make sense. So. <laughs> oh, interesting. So let's yeah. let's go yeah. through that. So you you fill out the form. It's been two years. You got the the de-identified information about who your biological family generally are. On that information packet was an attachment that had the form that allowed you to check the boxes on who you wanted to find. And it sounds like you went ahead and filled out that form about two years after receiving it and sent it in. So what happens next yeah. after you've after you've submitted your form? So I mailed that in. I checked off my mother because I don't know. I always just thought about my biological mother. I didn't think think about my father for some reason. And I get a return from them right away with another form that says, are you sure you want to do this? Here are all the possible outcomes. And I feel like there are about six of them, and I, I can't remember them all, but they were all negative. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, you know, they're deceased. You're a secret. You know, they're they're ailing. They need money. Like, there, it was just all these things that were, were trying to put me off. But then, but then I thought, you know what? I'm throwing caution to the wind here. I don't care. I really just want to know who they are. And so I send it back without hesitation. And I said, yep, I'd like to go ahead with this search. So remember I told you it took 15 months for me to get my letter back from them before? Yes. Well, this time around, it was less than two months. Wow. And I get a phone call from the lady, the social worker. And I'll never forget that day. She says, we found your mother. She's married to your father, and they had several more children after you. Wow. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I thought I won the lottery. Like, it was just, it was surreal. I was just so excited. And wow. 
the lady went on to say that she spoke to my mother at length and that she was such a nice lady. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like it was like a dream come true, really. That's amazing. But yeah, it was. Wow. (laughs) But but then she told me the process of what how it's going to work. I had to write an icebreaker letter to my mother with pic- and send that to pic- with pictures. But I had to send it to the social worker who would then send it along to, to my mother, who would then have to do the same thing. Write me back a letter, send pictures. And then after we get through all that, then we'd have to fill in our consent forms to share our identifying information. So <laughs> it, that part took about a month. And in between, I was just like, just imagining everything. And so I ended up going to a psychic. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yes. yes, because I just couldn't wait. I was just so like, oh, my God, I, I can't wait to meet these people. And and the psychic was pretty accurate. Like, really? She, Yeah. She said, yeah, your father works with his hands. And my father was a mechanic. You know, your mother is really kind. And, you know, they have three children, which was what they had. And so, you know, that was okay. That kind of, you know, <laughs> that helped me to get through that part. And then finally, I finally received the package from them. And this is their oh icebreaker kind of re- response. Yes. Yeah, so what my mother. She's very meticulous and very cautious, and she just wanted to make sure that everything went well. And so she actually wrote me one letter, her first letter. She wanted me to elaborate a little bit more because she was concerned about my adoptive family and she didn't want to disrupt them. So she was being extremely respectful, and she just wanted to make sure that us proceeding with this was going to be okay. So so I had to write her two letters and I had to just tell her like it's okay it's going to be okay and and part of her letter was do you want to meet just us do you want to meet your siblings or do you want to do you want to meet everyone the, the entire family which was many 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 people because of the fact that she was the oldest of 10 and she just she wanted to know how how much I wanted to know <laughs> Mm-hmm. Of course, I wanted to know and meet everybody. Right. So in her asking you about your adoptive family being okay with you searching, it sounds like you fibbed a little bit. You said before you were scared and you didn't really want to tell your adoptive mother. So you just told your biological mother, yeah, 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 this is going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I did. I did say that it was difficult, that it it might be difficult, but that I was willing to be okay with it all. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was for me. And at that point, like I was 35 years old and I just felt like, you know, this is for me and my family and maybe I did fib. (laughs) Well, no, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to bust you on fibbing. I'm just noting that this is kind of what we do, and and you've sort of alluded to it more than once, that when you want it and that this is for you and your family, 
you're going to go for it, right? The province sent you a response that basically said, here's all the things that could go wrong. Are you sure you want to do this? And like basically tried to scare you out of it. And you said, no, I'm going for this. And then your biological yeah. mother writes back and says, you know, I just want to make sure this is going to be okay with your adoptive mother. And even though you knew it might not be quite okay, you still said, no, I'm going for this because this is about you, as you've alluded to. This is about you getting your information. Yes. Tracy didn't have a lot of support through the process, except for her husband, whom she said was amazing along her journey. Tracy sent her letter indicating to her birth mother that everything was going to be okay with their reunion. In return, Tracy received a package through her social worker with pictures of her birth family. She said seeing pictures of her siblings was a surreal experience. Oh my gosh, it was like my sister looking in a mirror, like we looked identical. Wow. It really and truly was unbelievable. And I loved how cautious my mother was. And she she's just very organized. And that was kind of one of my qualities that wasn't, maybe I was teased for it a bit growing up. So it was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like she's, I think I'm more like her, you know? Oh, that's so. fascinating. Wow. Can I just ask you what did it feel like for you when you heard that your parents were together after you were placed for adoption and that they had formed further family? What was that like to process that? I was really happy, to be honest. I know a lot of people get upset about that. And and people have asked me, like, didn't that upset you? And because, you know, they went on to have another family. But I knew and I did some research and I even went to a therapist and I know that when I was born in the 60s, I was born in 69, unwed mothers who were Catholic, there was a 3% chance that they would keep their babies. Everyone else had to give them up for adoption because that's the way things were back then. So I just know that what my mother went through was society driven. <laughs> I think if she had a choice, maybe she would have kept me if she ha would have had support, but it just didn't work like that back then. So yeah. that's why I'm not, maybe I should be upset, but I'm not. I'm, I was, no, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> suggesting that you should be either. I hope you don't take it that way. Like everybody yeah. deals with this differently. And it sounds it's to true. me like your joy for even finding them at all was compounded by the fact that you actually had a full family, that you didn't have to go yeah. on a further search to find, let's say, your biological father. And you didn't have to try to figure out, like, where are all my brothers and sisters? The whole team was right there. And your biological mother sounds like she was receptive to getting to know you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nobody had, there's no requirement that because you're adopted and your family stayed together after your adoption that you have to be bitter. And I'm kind of glad to hear that you were excited to meet them as a nuclear unit. That's, that's great. Tracy signed the consent form to meet her birth family, and her birth parents did the same. In December, Tracy's birth mother called her for the first time. Tracy learned that her birth family lives only a few hours away in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, while Tracy lives in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. 
Tracy said her mother is very French and Tracy is English speaking Canadian. So culturally, they're very different. That's something else I can share. When my mother and father gave me up for adoption, they had requested that I go to a French family, which didn't happen, obviously. And the other thing that my adoptive mother told me that she was told that my parents were medical professionals and they they were doctors, which wasn't true. My father was a mechanic and my mother was a teacher. So it's funny how both sides were kind of lied to. And so that's not cool. Yeah, I've often uh, talked about this. This is one of those things that I think happens in the productization of an adopted child is that the parents on both sides, adoptive and biological, are sold a story of how awesome the other pair is going to be, right? If you've got a Mm -hmm. single unwed mother who is giving birth to a child or even just a young, you know, whatever the situation of the birth mother is, she is sold on the possibility that the parents that will adopt her baby are going to be what society perceives to be these incredible people. These are physicians and, you know, flight attendants and nurses and we like whatever the awesomeness that goes best on the front of the brochure to say, here's what two great parents look like. That's what she sold and vice versa. The adoptive parents are often sold this. She was just a young mother from a, you know, this well-to-do family or whatever the thing is like, there's never this, you know, the outline of some of the challenges of the background of the family. Cause the system doesn't even actually go into some of that stuff either. But the point is there's a lot of this. We've got a baby that can be moved from one family to another, and here's how awesome that the other family was in that transaction. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it it is. Yeah, but I guess they that's what they had to do at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your mother calls you. Tell me about that phone call. How was it to hear her voice to finally be connected? <laughs> oh, it was, it was, not at all what I pictured. You know, it's funny, like when you're a kid and you're adopted or, you know, you don't know who your biological mother is, but I don't know about you, but I always felt like, oh my gosh, like she must have, she must have had a really hard life. You know, maybe she was on drugs or, you know, maybe she's an alcoholic or like, I just thought all these negative things about her. Like, how could somebody give up a baby for adoption like that was just sort of my kid conception of what my biological mother would be like but you know seeing her letter and and hearing her voice and it was just like oh my gosh this woman is so put together (laughs) (laughs) but my initial reaction was wow she's really French and she sounds very short because her voice was so high like she almost sounded like a midget like (laughs) (laughs) but not like I don't know she is very tiny so it was just like wow and but she was so nice and she had a lot to say she was very proud of her family and I guess that was one thing that I had trouble with when I first met her was she spent a lot of time talking about her family that she grew up in and it was so different than how I grew up so that was hard to hear 
and she spent a lot of time talking about her amazing family, which is amazing, but it was just like, you know, that was a little tough, but you're referring to the family that she had with your father, with all of your siblings. No, the one that she grew up with, her and her nine siblings and her parents. her child family life. Oh, interesting. Why was that hard to hear for you? Just because it, it sounded like perfection. And I don't know of any families that are perfect. And it was just too perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so it was a little bit unbelievable for me. So, but you know what? Like, I've known them for 17 years and they are actually pretty perfect. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's really like, I'll tell you. The first time I met them, I can't remember what the occasion was, but it was the first time my husband and I and my son went to New Brunswick, and most of them still live there. So they had this massive party at my grandmother's house, and one of my aunts had these little chocolates made with a wrapper, and it says, it's a girl, and my picture was on it. (laughs) Oh, that's really cute. That's awesome. (laughs) It was like, it was like I got to meet all these relatives for the first time, and there were so many of them. It was quite overwhelming. And Nathan was maybe three years old, and it was just like so overwhelming. And everybody was so nice, and like, yeah. (laughs) So they had a big party for you for this first meeting. Is that what I hear? Well. It wasn't for me. It was it was either I think it was my father's birthday. I think it was his 60th birthday. And so they 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 made it all about him, but it was also because I was going to like all my father's relatives were there too. So like you know, I think I told you my father had eight in his family. Mm-hmm. So and then all my mother like it was just all these people and (laughs) there was a a lot of love in the room. I got to say that party was the second time Tracy met her birth parents. You see their first conversation happened in mid December. Christmas has always been a big holiday celebration in Tracy's adoptive family. And she was hosting festivities at her home. However, Tracy had not shared her pending adoption reunion with her adoptive family. She suddenly had big news. Her birth parents really wanted to meet her, but Tracy felt like she needed to get through Christmas before they could meet each other. Tracy's birth parents were really excited to meet her, and she wanted to meet them halfway between Montreal and Ottawa. But there was no time to share her news with her adoptive family, plan an emotional meeting, then go into hosting a big Christmas at her home. Through her biological brother, the only sibling who felt comfortable enough speaking English with Tracy, she conveyed that their first meeting would have to wait until after the holidays. Right after Christmas, they came. They came to the door and the, <laughs> we came in and we were like examining each other and they were checking my my fingers. And like my husband said, it was like we were monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, it was really really amazing to meet them and they were young like my mother was 
19 when she had me and my father was just a couple years older. So it was really nice to see them like they're I'm close to their age when they first met me. So anyhow, the whole time they kept saying, oh, and you've got so-and-so's nose and you've got the same webbing in your toes and like (laughs) (laughs) it was really funny so that was pretty remarkable I was still kind of like I don't think I was completely myself yet because Christmas was a struggle trying to get through all that without saying a word to my adoptive family just Mm, because I I just knew it, it was like the whole thing was going to be so bitter, bittersweet. And anyhow, I finally did tell my adoptive mother by the end of January and that didn't go well. And, you know, her reaction was, how could you do this to me? And so it was just, it kind of went exactly the way I knew it was going to go. What what yeah. happened in your relationship with her in the aftermath of telling her um, that you had found them? Well, I really tried hard to to tell her that I loved her and that she was a great mother and, you know, that I was really hoping that everybody could get along. And I really tried to, but I think her insecurities and it was just too difficult for her. Like she did meet my biological mother, but the first thing she said to her was, this is my grandson, you'll have other grandchildren. Just really possessive. And that I just didn't think that was very nice. Yeah. And I just thought, no, there's nobody making claims on my son. Like, he's my son, okay. If you want to love him, great. But you can't prevent someone else from loving him. <laughs> like, yeah. So she got a mediator because she wanted to have visitation with my son and I just thought I've never heard of anything like that before and your adoptive mother got uh, a mediator to visit with your son yeah she yeah she tried to do that she didn't want to have a relationship with me anymore but she wanted a relationship with my son Um, and it it was just like no that's not gonna happen (laughs) I haven't had contact with her since 2010 oh wow so yeah, sadly. You know, the way I feel about that, it it's like my entire adoptive family all died in a plane crash. Like I just lost everybody instantly. Even though it was difficult, my relationship with them before, I didn't want them all to go away. Like it was it was just really really sad because my mother was kind of in charge. And no one was allowed to communicate with me. I was basically shunned and that was extremely, extremely hard. And therapy helped a bit. But yeah, it's it's a grief that just never goes away. And Yeah, you know. I can see how that would be extremely difficult because it sounded like you tried to put her mind at ease that you do love her. But... Her possession over you and your son overrode that to the point of being toxic. And it's like she negated everything that you guys had been through previously as family. Like you guys, she raised you. 
you call her mom, like everything that you've been through it all together mm-hmm. and that you can proceed with another person in your life and another family. It's unfair that people think you shouldn't be able to find these folks and like make a connection. There's room in our hearts for so many people to know and love, but people get really jealous and possessive. And I'm really sorry to hear that she basically turned everything against you that because that puts you on the outside of a family that you grew up in and and that's really tough i'm sorry to hear that yeah yeah thanks yeah it was it's it was extremely difficult and i mean you know what is it 13 years later it's still hard because the biological family that i found i didn't grow up with them like I don't call my biological mother mom, like I call her by her first name, Pauline, mm-hmm. because I I look at her more as a friend, not as my mother. So it's it's tough. <laughs> yeah. How is your relationship now with your biological family? And, and, you know, knowing that everybody was together and you felt like you hit the lottery. How are you guys today? Really good. Yeah, we we do see each other quite regularly, although the pandemic kind of put a hamper on that. But since we've been back, we've seen each other quite a bit. In fact, we're going on a family reunion to Prince Edward Island next weekend. And a lot of a lot of the family is going to be there. So yeah, I I love them. Like they're just amazing people. And <laughs> just really just my kind of people so that's amazing you feel like you fit in with them yeah even though culturally we're a little bit different because they're French and I'm English but the great thing was I did do French immersion all through school so Mm -hmm. I can speak French I probably don't have the right accent but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can communicate with them they're mostly can most all of them can speak English, and uh, it's great. When I met them, Nathan was two, and now all of my siblings, they all have two kids. So Nathan suddenly, like, he ha- has six little cousins, that, and he's, like, the oldest one, so they all look up to him, and oh, it's fun. so much fun. When when we all get together, it's, it's really, really nice. That's so. really cool. Really cool. Yeah. I love to hear that, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You yeah. had you had quite a journey. I mean, this start with, you know, divorce and the Kate and Allie sort of two moms and, you know, the, the challenge of being a girl amongst a house full of boys sound like it was a lot. But this reunion with your biological family sounds really amazing. These folks, you can I can tell you feel connected to them. The fact that you said, I really love them, shows a lot for how you yeah. feel like you've been able to reattach yourself to the family. And it's it's wonderful to hear that you don't have bitterness over, you know, having been relinquished for adoption. If I could, could I ask one just quick question that I sort of missed in the middle? What was the reason that you were relinquished for adoption? Did they tell you about their situation at the time? They were both attending university in Moncton, and they weren't married. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I'm just assuming that that's why. So what happened was my mother, she was sent away to a home for unwed mothers. The, the, I think there were nuns that ran that. 
I got it. So Tracy, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. I really love to hear that you're so positive about the experience of reunion. And I hope that you guys have a wonderful family reunion trip and that things continue to go super, super great for you and your family. All right. Oh, and thank you for what you do as well. I've listened to many, many of your podcasts and they have helped me too. So thank you. I hope this helps somebody. I, I don't know. How I'm it sure does. it will. I'm sure it will. Tracy, you take care. All right. All the best to you. Okay. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Damon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's me. When Tracy found her birth parents, they were still together and had continued to build their family. Tracy has full-blood siblings, but she said she was not upset that she had been adopted out of the family. She understands that societal pressures of a young pregnant couple may have forced her adoption. It was tough to hear that Tracy's birth mother had wishes for the family who would raise her child that were not met, and that her adoptive mother was also told a false story about the birth parents Tracy comes from. Like I said, sometimes the adoption industry productizes the adoptee, painting the best picture of the product, the babies and children, for the parents-to-be and for the birth mother. I could hear the pain in Tracy's voice that her adoptive family had cut ties after she found her birth family. They had been through so much together, but her adoptive mother was not able to stop thinking of Tracy and her son as possessions instead of family members. Thankfully, Tracy has the loving connection into her birth family that will hopefully fill her heart. I'm Damon Davis, and I hope you found something in Tracy's journey that inspired you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn. Who am I, really? <laughs>